Hello, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy Newman. And I'm Diggity Dave Swanson. Dave's joining me today to, uh, to do a little bit of recording. Glad he was able to Skype in. Um, we've got to work in a little bit like the system that we had before where uh, he's coming in. He's routed through Skype to my phone. And then the phone audio, Dave's audio, is exported from my iPhone and then into the four channel mixer I've got. And then that's routed all down to one channel, which is kind of a strange way to do it, but all down to one channel into the um, audio converter that converts the analog signal to digital. It's out on the computer and then now out on the web. So Dave, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I'm glad we're, uh, we're grabbing one of these podcasts. We were doing a, a Dave cast for a while and I think we might grab that or bring it back up for a little bit. But uh, this one's just going out on the Billy Newman Photo podcast feed. Um, so we'll, we'll set it up as a Billy Newman Photo podcast. And Dave, I'm telling you, man, you got to um, get into WordPress. I've been talking a lot about like the WordPress development stuff that I'm doing on this on this podcast. Mostly all I'm doing is I'm just spending about 15 minutes talking loosely about um, the projects or like, you know, the little, little things I'm doing for, for photography or for my photography interests. And so recently, a lot of that's been trying to put together the, uh, the new website that I've got going. Um, yeah, and I might need to actually uh, take you up on... I'm researching that because I have a couple of uh, ideas of my own that that might require some some internet space. Yeah, man, it would work really well. I mean, you you'd be uh, really really good at this uh, sort of stuff. I mean, just with your familiarity with a lot of the things that are so similar to this already. Um, so I think that'd be pretty sweet, man. I think um, I think like if you want to do or like if the Dave Cast is like a project you want to do, I feel like you should you should be man at the helm of the ship on the, on like building or not building the website, but like having that site set up and then, um, just having it. So like, um, you're putting like the shows up, that sort of thing that would make you like pretty accustomed to how it works pretty quickly. Right. I think right. it'd be fun. Just or, directing and stuff. I, yeah. I agree. I, and I don't know if, uh, the Dave cast is something I want to, uh, carry out long term. Yeah. I think, um, uh, what would make you most happy or most satisfied with doing a podcast is, uh, is like finding a beat, um, or by that, like it's finding like a subject that already exists that you can kind of pull or derive, um, you know, stuff to talk about for a long right. time. Um, exactly. Yeah. And it's probably one of those things where you just have to find a subject where you'd be like an expert witness, you know, where you can just kind of go on and talk about it or have the interest to try and put in however, you know, or however much limited re research into it already that you just would do naturally throughout your week you know gotcha yeah um i'm I'm also thinking about just uh uh youtube uh maybe doing like a youtube personality type thing you should if you have a if you have like a a concept like what you want to produce for it um yeah there's, there's a reason for you to do it it makes sense but uh but yeah this one on the on the photo podcast uh recently I, i've just been like chatting about uh like putting together the billy newman photo um dot com like site as a whole and, and working in wordpress to put that together so i just put the the podcast uh, feed together and you should check that out dave you'd uh i put up the the dave cast episodes that we did a while back uh, in that same feed um but yeah i'm going through like all the old like radio show things that i've have had around that i've uh, recorded in the past and I'm uh, taking those and putting them up onto uh, onto the podcast feed that I've got um, at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. Are we are we talking about like 
your college days. Yeah, those are up there too. I've got, sweet college bitch. I've got all of the uh, every uh, OSU in review podcast that I did for the KBVR uh, is up there. So that's cool. Awesome. Awesome. Gotta check those that's- out. Those are from like, uh, I think the first one's from 2008. A lot of them are from 2009, some in 2010. So it's like, uh, that was early, early podcasting days. I was going to say, people don't know this, but Billy's been uh, broadcasting since 10 years ago, at least. <laughs> at least, right? Yeah, I wish that was true, but <laughs> it's not really that, that much the case. And I don't know, I don't really get to broadcast, or, you know, I don't do any uh any radio stuff or any radio projects that often but i want to dave i want to do it with you i think you're um you're a pretty good conversationalist well thank you i appreciate that i do my best and dave this sounds really good man i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot you this audio right after but uh the audio that, that cruises into the the program you know just it just sounds like it's supposed to that's great that's excellent i don't like i don't know this seems like a really cheap microphone but if it if it does all right no, everything sounds super quiet in the background behind you. I mean, it's about as good as uh, that sort of thing could uh, could probably get for us, you know. Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot. I've got a fan going. Can, is that is that audible? No, I don't hear anything like that. Oh. I've got a noise gate, too, that runs uh, in software that kind of gets out a lot of that stuff um, before before I can hear it, at least. So. Perfect. So it's working all right. But, yeah, man, um, put that podcast feed together this is the first podcast feed that i've actually submitted to itunes and so in the past a lot of the time what i had was like i guess a web show or um, something that was set up as an rss feed but it really wasn't like hosted or like wholly owned by myself in the same way um, so yeah this is a podcast feed that's it's like it's just a real rss feed and it shows up on itunes too which is cool you guys subscribe dave that is fantastic i think i will uh, i remember your your dad had some some music tracks on iTunes. Yeah, it's back just, in the day. He he worked with like um, like uh, one of those was it like CD Baby or something like that. I think that was a big one that people used. But it was a system that you could take like your album and then uh, they would like put it up. They would make sure that it was available for sale on iTunes. But it's cool. Yeah, I want I want some stuff up, or more stuff up on iTunes. More stuff. That's right. Um, now I saw I saw you had a picture of it looked like a new lens on your camera is that oh like yeah a new mount yeah i've been talking Talk about, about that. that a little bit and it's pretty sweet i'm excited to start using it it's it's not quite a new lens but what it is um is a new lens filter and it's the first time i've really like worked with a lens filter before but uh but what i've got going on is uh i've got like a regular 28 millimeter lens which is kind of a standard sort of wide angle lens on the camera and then i just got this system that's like a filter bracket. And so what you can do is put this uh, bracket, it screws on to the front face of the lens, and then you can put these glass pieces in that have um, certain effects on the outcome of the image. So um, I guess like one standard one that people have probably heard of before is like a polarizer. So what that does is kind of like polarizing sunglasses. Like you could put it over the lens of the camera. You could get that same kind of effect you see with the polarized sunglasses, which would make the bright skies a lot darker and uh, kind of even out the tones a little bit. So like photographers will use that as a little trick to balance out the colors a little bit sometimes. Or uh, what a lot of people use is like a neutral density filter. And that's where it's like a flat gray tone. So it's not color cast to the red or to the blue at all. Um, And it's supposed to be kind of a pure gray and it makes it a little bit darker. And so that's essentially what this piece that I have now is, is a 
It's a 10-stop neutral density filter. It's called the Lee uh, Big Stopper. <laughs> That's what it's hmm. called. Perfect. Uh, and so what it does is uh, the effect of it, to get outside of all the, the minutiae of the little numbers and stuff of it, the effect of it is I put that over the, the front of the camera and it gives me... Um, makes it so I can take a long exposure photograph in the middle of the day. And I think that's what's pretty cool about it is I can go down to the river at like two in the afternoon and I can set it up for a one minute exposure for the camera because that glass is so dark that it lets such little amount of light through. The shutter has to stay open and expose the film for like another 60 seconds to get the equivalent of a 15th of a second exposure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the effect of that... Or sorry, go ahead, Dave. No, no, uh, go go for it. I was I was just going to ask more questions. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, so I guess the use case for this is like uh, if you wanted to go to the ocean, and uh, so you wanted to like take some photos of some rocks and like the shore or the the waves that kind of come up and crash into the rocks a little bit and then sort of wash back as the tide comes in and out. What I could do with this filter is I could throw it on the front of it, and instead of getting a sharp kind of crisp image of the waves sort of hit, first hitting it, um, what I've seen it used for is you take a long exposure of that same thing and it would be like maybe 15, 20, 30 seconds. And so you get a nice sort of smooth, surreal wash of the water um, back out as like the tide comes in and then comes and then goes out again. Um, And so you get kind of a flattened sort of glassy look or like if you use it at a lake and there's a bunch of little ripples in the lake, then over time, over that minute, it's going to kind of even out as those ripples move around. So you're going to get a nice, really flat, smooth glassy look on the top of the water interesting is that this seems more like a like an old school technique for photography is that the case or is this a newer phenomenon you know that's a good question i think that that like this specific um i guess i'd say technology or just the the idea of having a filter that that is this dark that's so dark that it's like a a whole 10 stops that's a kind of new thing i think in the past it had only been like two stops or one stop and the thinking back in the 70s or so or you know back in the 90s and and the 2000s was you use a neutral density filter um to to just sort of knock back a little bit of the light um but it wouldn't really take uh take this much of it out so like uh, what you'd maybe do is you'd put a filter let's say you're taking the picture of a horizon line let's say you're still at the beach and you're looking out and you want to take a photo of the sunset and you're looking at the ocean or the sand and the ocean and that's all getting kind of dark because the sun's down, but then there's the sky. The sun's down, but there's the sky still, and it has a lot of light in it from the sunset, from the clouds. It's all a lot of luminescence. And what's going to happen when you take your photograph, and this is what a lot of people don't know, is your eyes perceive both fields of light. They have a high dynamic range of the ability or of the sensitivity of light that they can expose all at once. The human eye is really cool. I think it's like 11 f-stops of light. That's what I've been told before. I don't really know what that means, but we can perceive <laughs> both the sun or the uh, like the sunset light from the clouds, and we can see the shadows or detail in the shadows of the sand and the waves below that aren't really illuminated. The camera, on the other hand, and I think film specifically, isn't really that capable of it. And so, what you have to do is do tricks and do a little bit of work to try and press or compress the field, the variance of light or the extreme highlight and the extreme shadow and kind of pull that back together a little bit so that the camera can get a better exposure or get something that seems a little bit more natural to what the human eye would feel like it should perceive. 
That's interesting that you you talk about the the eye because I know just last week we were hanging out in a in a low light situation and I wanted to get some pictures but just couldn't you know the camera didn't see what I was seeing. Yeah, that's exactly that same case, that same scenario, um, and that's and that's where like cameras and eyes differ so much, which is so strange and pretty pretty like normal light i'd say they, they'd see something pretty similar to what we'd see you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. kind of general afternoon shade and you take a picture of a person you look at the picture it looks pretty close to the type of light that your eye sees yeah but there's no huge highlights there's no huge low lights um and so that's that's what's tough about taking a picture of a sunset or something where you could perceive like the shadows or something but you just can't can't tell what uh what's going on with the camera so this filter does a few a few different things, but but yeah, it'll just drop the shutter speed way down. So um, so yeah, I'm excited to get out and use it. I think it'll be cool. I think like uh, even like with clouds, it'll be cool. Like if I want to do sky sky stuff, I can take a picture of like um, the clouds and they'll kind of sweep or wisp because they can leave the shutter open for so long that it'll they'll sort of drift and um, get kind of a washed look in the sky, which would be cool. That does sound awesome. I can't wait to see those. Yeah, make sure. You try and get some pictures of chemtrails. Chemtrails. Because that would be great. <laughs> I got to get the chemtrail photos. How many chemtrails do you see this week, Dave? Oh, man. In a week, probably close to 30. It's got to be. It's got to be 30, man. 30 they chemtrails. Do, they, do like, they do like five in the morning and five in the afternoon every day. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, uh, I guess they, you know, they must be. Where do, you think, where do you think the tanker takes off from? If you're speculating... Ooh, ooh. Um, you know, I always, I always see them come from north to south. I believe. All right. So it's got to be somewhere. I'm, I'm thinking. Everybody out of Portland, Seattle. Even Portland, just, yeah. Even whatever military base is up that that way. Yeah. I wonder what it's like. What whatever chem it is. You know, they have like they must have a big <laughs> tanker. They have to have like a huge tanker at this base to fill up all these planes at every flight that takes off to chemtrail <laughs> all the cities. So there's got to be like a guy who runs the fill up at this giant tanker warehouse. It's full of chemtrail. It must be what it's called, like like U.S. chemical like four hundred two eight or something like that. What's funny is I've, I've heard I've heard that. Um, uh, and this is this is all conspiracy stuff, but like, um, they they pump it or they they put the chemical into the 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 jet fuel uh-huh. um, at like just airports. So they have regular commercial planes just going over, and they're they're just spewing oh, nice. up certain stuff. They've already just, taken care of the problem <laughs> upstream. It's just, yeah, just easier. Just put it in all the planes. You don't yeah. need to have special planes for it. Just put it in the fuel mix. Nice. Nice little additive. Let's <laughs> just get some of that good exhaust coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Pour the chemtrail. All right. What do you think the effect? What's it? What's the perceived conspiracy of the effect that it has? Well, okay. This this actually goes into photography a little bit. Um, you know, I've heard people say it, it affects health and stuff. Uh, I believe that might be true. Um, I think uh, vitamin D is uh, is very important in, as far as producing happiness in humans. Like just all right. it, it's related to, to all that stuff and it's it's there's also some very limited study that uh deficiency in vitamin d at a young age uh can cause autism um so so they could be spraying sort of a, a haze in the air to kind of as like a sun blocker to prevent people from absorbing as much mm. sunlight um that's just that's kind of an out there theory but 
going back to uh to talking about cameras um uh, i do follow this one guy uh on youtube and he he films the moon uh with a very high powered telescope and he records it and all that stuff um he's got uh quite a bit of credentials as someone who who who's operated a telescope um for a long amount of time and uh he says that the they the the chemtrails obscure his view of the moon and other celestial bodies to the point where um he talks about a lunar wave and i've i've seen it it's this crazy wave that uh starts from one side of the moon and goes to the other and it's not it's That's not like rec- so crazy yeah it's not like a recording error um cuz you'll see if i gave you the video and you watched it he pans up out of out of this this wave and the wave catches back up and goes through the the screen again and um it's so it's not like you know it's not like a vhs tape you know having a tracking issue or anything like that it's it's something going on to the moon but but he says that these chemtrails uh, haze out the moon just enough to where like when he's trying to re- record these uh lunar waves it it makes it indistinguishable because it's a very minor wave what? um but yeah i don't know if, we, if we've even talked about that or if i've shown it to you but it's i swear you've brought it the idea before okay i, I believe that I'm, i was trying to figure like what like what that because it's like it's my total belief is that it's not the moon hologram, but like it's a moon, but then like there is something happening, you know, like there's some thing in between that's like causing that, that yeah. wave look. And it's either like a digital effect that was falsely added or a digital effect that was, uh, circumstantially added. Like it just hit like some, some, problem came about in the sensor and you know there's a little wave that, that came over or it's atmospheric like like there's a kind of a ripple and yeah and i've and i've thought of the atmospheric one before too but what gets me is that it's 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 something that was seen just kind of randomly on a couple uh you know tapings of the moon and then to be able to take those 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 dates and like be able to come up with a it's every I, and I don't even know the actual thing, but it's it's every whatever amount of time. It's it's a measurable and reoccurring thing, you know. Mm. So it's not it's not just like a random event, like you know. Oh, I turned on my camera and it did it this like, time. Well, that makes you feel like it's the camera, and that, then wouldn't it be? Or well, I don't know. I don't understand. I guess what is what his process is. I, well, it gives it more credence to mm. to your other thought of being just an effect added later just somebody doing a hoax but (laughs) but just you know it's it's interesting stuff and it's yeah i dig it man the moon i want to i'm doing i'm gonna try and build out some stuff for astronomy or for like sky watching stuff like uh you know how like we went out last uh may and we were looking at jupiter and mercury and venus yeah and i want to do i was we were doing that and i like sky watching and i like like talking about and knowing about space stuff. And so I want to do pretty much like this, but for space stuff, I want to do a podcast thing um, for night sky, sky watching. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, you should, you should get on on Dave. I'm going to try and build the site uh, here pretty soon, but I'm going to, I'm going to call it night sky.io and the domain names available. I think it'd be a cool project to put together, but I'm going to try and build it around um, 
like um, sky watching, just like sky watching information. Yeah, and you're you're always good for that. Just like, hey Billy, what's going on this week? Oh well, you see. Yeah, so that's going to be kind of the kind of the idea. It's going to be pretty simple, but I want to do a, a couple like art things that kind of go along with that. I want to build a calendar. That's part of it too. So yeah, I want to talk with you about this too, Dave. I don't know if you've heard of this site, but you should check it out and think about like a way to make it useful for you. But there's this uh, this thing called Patreon. Have you heard of that? I have. Yes, yeah. I dig Patreon, and I want to try and get into it more. But I'm going to try and without the expectation of having the process really go anywhere but really just to learn about how patreon works how crowd well i don't know if it's really considered crowdfunding but just how the system of like value for value marketing would work or like kind of building an artistic product and then trying to deliver that consistently for some kind of some kind of patronage or some kind of value that i can that i can go for so i'm going to work on this night sky project to try and build that idea out a little bit so i set up an account through patreon and uh build the night sky webpage, build a couple uh like marketing videos for the night sky idea that can go on patreon and then try and um try and get people to like uh have the consideration of donating for the type of product or the type of thing that's uh, put out through that. So I want to build a, uh, like a calendar for 2016 and I want it to be like all the Zodiac constellations, um, like in the night sky. And so I think uh, I'm going to have Marina do some original art for it or, you know, just some cool, uh, like graphic illustrations of constellations that match up with the months of the night sky that go through the year. That would be perfect. I, uh, kind of a, an ambitious, uh, project, but I like it. No, it'll be good, man. I think I can do this pretty well. So I can get the site, um, like, I mean, it's just domain registration and then, uh, it's like going out and trying to build content for it. So a lot of it's going to be things like this. I have a little bit of an idea for the format of the podcast or the, like the podcast side of it, the media side of it, the way I want that to go. Um, and I want to do something kind of like radio lab. Have you ever listened listen to radio lab, Dave? I have not. You should check it out, uh, once or twice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I think like one of the most popular podcasts. It's an NPR radio show. I don't know if I qualify it completely as a podcast, but I like some of the uh, the editing techniques that they use. And I guess it's just bringing up Radio Lab is just an okay way to describe a concept that I have for like the format that I want to put it in. But what it is is like um, it's like a couple people talking, kind of like this, you know, a little bit, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it also is, is like sort of third dimensional elements of sound and of interviews and things going on that are sort of related to what you and I would be talking about right now. And I know that's sort of hard to understand, but I, I want to say I get it. You get it. <laughs> you get it. You've heard this before. It'd be okay. like if you listened to a TV show about it and you know how like there's just like multiple levels of things. It's not just a person in the screen speaking at you about the subject, but there's graphics and there's sound effects, there's animations. And so if you're trying to kind of consolidate that idea, but just down into radio or down into audio only so that there's explanations and information that are sort of given in context um, of the audio that you're listening to. Okay. So that's kind of the idea. So it'll be like kind of a couple of phases. So I guess a way to explain the format would be like, we come in and like first what we do is like uh, we'd grab the telescope and we'd grab like a recorder and we'd go out to a spot and we hang out for a while and we just like record us hanging out and like us talking about what we're looking at. And so we'd be like, oh, point the telescope over here. That's Saturn. That's up uh, right now. It's in the south sky. We're looking at 
Scorpio and like uh, it's in opposition to us and we can kind of check it out here and well check it out and we just kind of get the reaction of us looking at it so we take that audio which would all be pretty I don't know freeform or you know just kind of of what whatever we were up to and then we'd come home or you know we'd go back to our houses and stuff and then we'd record the podcast later and so we'd go over and talk about like what we were looking at or like what was important about our observation and kind of like what we understood what we learned about it or just kind of give our report like we're talking about this constellation. These are the stars in it. This is sort of what we know about it now. We looked at this planet that's in there right now, and that's what's happening this week or this month in sky watching. And so what we do is like after we record the show, we go in and we kind of splice in or edit in um, some of the elements of what we recorded first from us doing our observations from and put those in to a track wherever they were relevant to the story when we recorded the podcast gotcha okay so that's kind of the kind of part of the idea was to do like a two-phase little podcast and uh, try out something like that but i want to try out a podcast format that's a little bit more dynamic than just like the conversation talking right um, and i want to do something that's a, little, a bit more um just like information oriented or something where like i'm digging doing the billy newman photo podcast because i can jump on i could do it at home by myself for a few minutes or I can jump in, I can do it with you, or I can do it with Marina, I can do it with somebody else I knew and kind of talk about just whatever sort of stuff's going on for the website. And the idea with this one is just freeform, whatever's going on. I put it up in a feed, I send it out, and I kind of keep it going for however long I think it's interesting. But with this night sky one, what I want to do is sort of structure it more around being like official or about being like useful, if you know right. what I mean. Yeah. So, so this one I feel like I could go to, I could like say like, uh, hey, I want to interview you, professor, for this podcast that I have called Night Sky. And it's about your subject. You know, so there's a reason for them to be yeah. associated I, I or like for, for me to at least try to network and make like these professional associations with other people that uh, would be interesting to talk to about that subject. I, I think you're you're aiming for a market that, that hasn't been uh, saturated yet. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, I, I don't know how much like entertainment stuff I could really do because like I, I was looking around, man, and like a lot of them, a lot of the time, it's like there's really not much out there about sky watching specifically. There's a lot out there about astronomy. Some I talked about a few times, but um, there's a lot of things that are talking about uh, like news of the week sort of headlines, like what we would probably talk about still, like how they found that exosolar planet. The did you hear about that one, Dave? Like yesterday, it's like one of the first exosolar planets that they think is around the same size as Earth or around the the placement away from its star that would be still a rocky planet that could have water and ice, that sort of thing. I think they say it's 60% larger than the Earth is, but they think it's a rocky planet, which is the first time they believe they found a rocky planet instead of a gas giant planet. Is... Is this new or is this like a... This is yesterday. Um, okay. Yeah. I know there was talks about like a Galice. I think that was the name of it. The the system, one of the Galice planets. I believe you're right. Uh, there's a handful of them that they found. Um, but there's like that one. There's like the news of the week sort of stuff. There's like the Pluto photos that came out last week. That sort of stuff's all really cool. Um, so there's a few things that are out there talking about that. There's a few podcasts out there that are really dry, like people reading a report. Um, but right. there's, there's really nothing out there. Like they're reading a report from like a college, like they're like a 
graduate student in an astronomy program and they just have to do some podcasts associated with it. But it's, but there's a few things out there, but none of them are really like consistent or things that are sort of marketed as like a media property about space. They're all like educational resources about a, a very dry physics education. Right. <laughs> and so I think what my objective is to kind of do something that's a bit more whimsical than that, but it's more about just what can you see right now outside and how can you kind of show that or how can you kind of market that out to uh, younger people, I think is going to be the idea. So what I want to try and do is build like a series of like vine videos and a videos that I can post to Snapchat, um, for, for like a, a video feed of stuff about sky watching for this project and kind of go over like, like a Snapchat video of, of like a constellation and just like go through like a whole series of things like that. Um, and then like have those kind of set up in the back burner and then run those all out in a social media account feed. So the hope is that it's probably not going to change the world in any way, but the the hope with that is to kind of put together a thing over time. That's like, uh, uh, at least demonstrating like a way of using Snapchat and of using vine as a social media or like a marketing platform or I don't know, a marketing Avenue. It's never a platform, but a marketing Avenue to like talk to younger people about sky watching and space. I like it rather than taking selfies and, I'm not going to be preachy about it, but uh, <laughs> but all I want to do is uh, is just uh, convince somebody that's a, a a useful or not useful even, but just a project that I did that won't really drown me. But uh, yeah. I think it'll be fun. I dig talking about space and stuff, so I think we could we could work on it a little bit. Wouldn't be bad. We just have to go out look at planets and telescopes. I think it'd be pretty fun. It would be something else to get like a. a Maybe a little bit more powerful telescope too. Yeah, that's what I'm after. I've been looking around at uh, at a handful of different telescopes that are out there, um, kind of lower end, entry level things that would be better. And there's a few things that I remember and understand about telescopes, and, and a big part of it is how large the diameter of the mirror is, like your main objective mirror or your objective lens. I don't know if it would really be lensing in that case, but... Um, but if I think like four inch is sort of low end, you want like six or eight inches a lot of the time. And the reason for that is that the larger the mirror, the more light is collected into that mirror and then focused into the spot where you're looking into your eye. And the result of that, the effect of that is really what you would consider greater resolution of an image that you're seeing. Um, so, gotcha. it'd be, so it'd be the difference of like, I guess looking out at, uh, like Jupiter, like when we looked at Jupiter uh, a while back, you could look at Jupiter and not thinking about like how zoomed in it is necessarily. Um, but we could look at Jupiter through the telescope that we had, which is like a really small, maybe, I don't know, two or three inch diameter objective mirror. And uh, we could see Jupiter, that it was there, but really the resolution of it just looked like kind of a pale orange yellow dot. Right. And there wasn't too much to make out, but with a larger objective mirror, what you could see would be like, you could see the storm better. You could see the bands on Jupiter better. And it might be observably the same size in your eye. When you're looking at it, it wouldn't be more zoomed in. It would just appear with greater resolution. Yeah. It'd be a little bit crisper. So that's kind of one of the things I'm looking at for telescopes in the future to try and get, but I think anything, man, I wonder if there's any avenue for like, renting a telescope even man you could do it i just feel like that would get um 
aggressively costly really fast. <laughs> I think the one I was looking at, it was like a hundred and fifty bucks or something. So, okay. And it was it was light years of a step up from what I'm working with now, you know. Or it would it would be a fine hobbyist telescope. A lot of people get into like <laughs> how much you need to do. Like Galileo did a lot with his. I mean it was it's not that crazy. We get a lot of stuff way easier and in way higher quality than what we were able to do in like the seventies. My dad had a telescope from the seventies and it's just like a different world now. Like <laughs> you can, we, we can just produce those types of things, you know, for cheaper. And so, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff out there that even though it's cheap Chinese junk, it's, it's better than the seventies, cheap Chinese junk, I guess. Or the, <laughs> cheap that, makes, American that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, they're getting better at it too. So I guess uh, that's that's one benefit. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess part of it'll be trying to look into what kind of what kind of telescope to grab onto. But that's kind of the next project right now. I'm just trying to wrap up the the photo web page stuff, and uh, and then yeah, like this week, I'm going to try and get that domain name, get the site up and running, or get the site up and then start like editing and building it. It'll probably be like another month or two uh, of putting it together before it's done. It seems to be how it goes. God, everything takes so long. It's crazy. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's true. Well, thanks, Dave, for uh, chewing up a half hour with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. photo stuff, about space stuff, about project stuff. I think it'll be pretty cool. But yeah, Dave, appreciate it. Appreciate being on uh, the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Once again, my name is Billy Newman. And I'm Diggity Dave Swanson. And we'll catch you sometime later. Thank you.